wall, the finished product. There's Frankie, the honeybee. What do you think of that? Yeah, praise God. Um, we have established a company called We Care Publishing. And We Care Publishing should be up and running this week. And then this will turn into an ebook first. And then um, there's a couple sequels to this book that are coming too. Frankie the Wannabe and Frankie the Humble Bee. And so there's two more books coming to that. And so I'm just really excited. This is 15 years old. And it's just now coming to tuition. Isn't that awesome? Really excited about what God is doing. Amen. Amen. So we're pretty excited about that. Had a great week um, here in Braxton County. A busy week. Exciting week. Um, let's see. Yoey and I were over in um, uh, Frametown Fire Department on Thursday. Uh, Narcan uh, distribution. So that was, uh, that was a successful day. And then from there, prayer here at 630 uh, that same day, and then Friday was at the high school, passing out crosses, gave away about 80 crosses and to people, and so got to pray for some people, got to see some people that I hadn't seen in a while, got to stay and see Braxton County get massacred in football, and uh, I could only stay through the first half of that, and I'm thinking, man, this is ugly. But uh, then we'll see a good win last night with WVU. That was pretty good. Pretty excited about that. But, you know, it goes back to, to winning this game called life and how God wants to do big things inside of you and inside of me. So I'm going to talk to you about adversity today, and, and I hope this helps a lot of us. I don't know how much screaming and yelling is in this sermon because it's more of something that you just really need to get, get down in, into your toenails and, and start understanding who you are and that people are watching your response in things. They're watching your response. So, Father, I pray you help me today. pray you lead me. I pray you guide me. And, God, I give you thanks and I give you praise and I give you honor in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. Praise you, God, for it. Amen. On the 30th of September, uh, that's a Saturday, Christy and I will be in Winston-Salem meeting with the ones that give us the final okay uh, on the campus that will begin in January uh, in Winston-Salem. So um, be praying about that. And we're real excited about uh, the opportunity that God has, uh, that God's given us in that area. So when you define adversity, it means difficulty. It means difficulty. When you define it, it means difficulty. Adversity will test your character and your resilience. When you define the word character, it's the mental and moral qualities that are distinctive to an individual. Now think of this. Now remember that... Um, we have to understand that what we do in private is, who de is what defines us. You know, so, you know, a, a public, being in public uh, and, and, you know, people seeing us, 
you know, that's one thing, but you, you are defined by what, you, what a man does in, in private. And so it's important that you're, you have integrity uh, in your private life as well as in your, your public life and that you represent Jesus even when you're by yourself. Think of that. That you represent Jesus even when you are by yourself. Because you are a testimony to yourself. Think of that. You're a testimony not only to yourself, but to others. But if you're lying to yourself, don't shout me down. It's true. And so what happens is, resilience is the capacity to withstand. What can you withstand? Can you, can you, um, can you withstand adversity? Now, I know... I can look at some of you all on a regular basis or when I see you and I know whether to say how are you doing or not say how are you doing because you can read it on people's faces. But what happens is many times within our lives, we have to make sure that we are not an emotional wreck, but not only that, we have to make sure that we're not an emotional roller coaster because we're children of the Most High God. We're the church. We're the representation of Jesus. So if we're constantly like this, then people are going to look at us and they're going to say, well, Jesus must be that way too because we represent him. As Christians, how do we respond to adversity? Now, on the podcast on Friday... I said this, some of you post your life on Facebook and expose it all like you're running down a crowded street in your underwear. You do. That's pretty, pretty aggressive, isn't it? You don't keep people guessing. You tell it all. <laughs> so the question is, how do you respond to adversity? And the world, some of you, the world will know if you have a hangnail. Because you'll put it on fake, fake book. You hardly know anything about my life unless I tell you. Unless, you know, I posted a picture of J.D. and Don and, and Christy and me at the ball game the other day. Uh, we posted a picture uh, that Jessica took of Christy and I passing out crosses. You know, to, <laughs> but most of the stuff, if you look and you, you go through my Facebook page, it's all church. I have to stay out of politics because I, I don't have any more Facebooks that I can get kicked off of. I'm down to my final Facebook, which is mine, and if I get kicked off of that, then I'm in a heap of trouble. <laughs> but the world many times knows what's going on in your world, and, and I really don't know how we represent and how good we are at representing Jesus with adversity. Because people say, well, you know, I woke up and I was in a bad mood. Or, 
You change the temperature of the room when you walk in. People were happy-go-lucky and people were enjoying their day. And then you walk in with your humdrum and you change the atmosphere of the room. <coughs> so then people are saying, well, if that person's that way, well, Jesus must be that way. Because we represent him. Now, yeah, I mean, things go wrong. Things, things happen. Things go, you know. I, I, I remember stepping off of an elevator uh, soon to be 11 years ago. In January, 11 years ago, I stepped off of an elevator and my friend Tim Morris was standing there and a nurse was standing there. And I looked at both of them. I said, what's going on? And Tim said, she didn't make it. And he was talking about my mother. And I looked at, my, I looked at Tim and I said, I'm really sorry. Some people react to things more than others. I've shed tears over my mom, but it's been a long time. She's not thinking about me one thing. She's not thought of me since she left this world. I don't believe she's looking down on me. I don't believe that she's, she's caring about me at all because she's around the throne. And you don't think that once I leave this world, I'm not going to think about you either. But people have meltdowns. Over the craziest stuff. Now, a death of a loved one, yeah, that's, that, you know, that's bad. I know. We've been there. You've been there. But do we stand on God's word or do we complain about it? Because what happens within our lives and we're talking about that hangnail, or we're waiting on the next shoe to drop, we're waiting on this to happen. Sometimes we see adversity on people's faces, and sometimes we see no Jesus. We just hear complaining. We just hear sulking in sorrow. And people say, well, you know, should I not be able to Bear my burdens to one another, sure. You should be able to. But be careful who you do that to. Be careful who you do that to. Because we are his representation. Now, Andy, Andy Stout probably has seen me at my worst. Where you all haven't. Where I'm just burdened down so bad that I just can't hardly do it. But Andy, Andy sent me like that. <clears throat> we have to be careful not to bleed in public. Because we represent him. Now I'm not saying that we're all not going through something. I'm not saying that. But the number one thing through adversity is that we have to look at is perseverance. <clears throat> How are we persevering through things? I read this scripture to you last Sunday morning, James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is a man 
that endure temptation. And when he is tried, he will receive a crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. We must endure the challenge of life with unwavering faith. Because as we go through adversity, it will ultimately lead us to spiritual growth. You are going to experience things within your life that you have to go through that will help you to get to the next level with God. Now, Jesse, what I've heard people say many times within their lives, they say another level, another devil. I don't believe that. I believe another, another level, more protection. Many times people blame adversity on the devil when you're the one that created it. Satan didn't have nothing into it. You can say amen or oh me on this one. I'm not saying it's, it's wrong to, to let people know what your thoughts are. And I'm not saying it's wrong to, to, to have somebody to confide in and to talk to. But are you walking in victory or not? Because your speech and your emotions and the way you look will show whether you're in victory or not. Now, I looked up resilience, and, and, uh, and, and I started thinking about that. Adversity often brings unexpected setbacks, does it not? Anybody in the house can say that. But a setback is not a defeat unless you just quit. But a setback with the right attitude will bring you to a comeback. When you look at Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16, it says this. It says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. The, the New Living Translation says that a godly man may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster, is that enough to overthrow the wicked? I'm not telling you that when you go through something, to don't be who you are. But what I want to tell you is, many times you've got to get in God's Word, you've got to get in the Scripture, and you've got to pump yourself up you gotta, you got to absolutely move forward, and you've got to say, no, I choose not to be this way. Christy and I play in a tournament of pickleball on Wednesdays. And we play it in the Nitro uh, City Park. And we're playing people from all walks of life. 
<clears throat> I was telling Christy coming up the road today, I said, I don't know if I can continue to play pickleball like I do. Because I hate to lose. I'm telling you, I hate to lose. <laughs> I hate to lose. And stereotyping your opponents is not a good thing. Because old people are good at pickleball. Out of shape people are good at pickleball. And so we played a couple of teams, this one team uh, that we, we met, and uh, so we're playing them. They just started, you know, maybe three or four, played three or four games, and they were really good, and we cleaned up on them the first game. They beat us the second game. We came back on the third game, and we beat them. But man, that guy hit me, and right there on the arm, he slapped that ball down on me and hit me right there. And, yeah, and, and my flesh didn't like that. And I thought, John, you got to get it together. Because you can't act like they do. You don't have that privilege. Andy, do you remember you remember that one guy that I made mad up here? Well, there's been many, but <laughs> this one this one this one dude and started putting stuff on Facebook, and I was taking it off just as quick as I could. And, and he was bashing Andy and Megan. He was bashing me, and it was like I was taking it off just as quick as I could and, and all this kind of stuff. Well, I ran into that guy at Go-Mart one day, and he didn't know what I looked like. But I knew what he looked like. And I had a suit and tie on because I was working at the bank down the street And I thought, what I ought to do is grab a hold of him and run him just from one side of that desk to the other. Just <laughs> In Jesus' name, of course. Bless his heart. But what kind of an example is that? Church, we don't have the privilege to act like the world. We don't have the privilege. As bad as I wanted to throw that ball at that guy the other day for hitting me, because if I'd have hit him, it wouldn't have been near as bad, but he hit me. And I told Christy, I said, I said, I got to figure this thing out here. Because there's a place that you can get with God. And I don't feel that in softball. 
When we play softball, I don't feel that way. We're just snagging them. I don't feel that way. But when I play pickleball, it's, it's on. So L.A., I have figured out something, that there's a place that you can get with God to where you feel it rise up in you, but it doesn't come out. And then there's also a place that you can get with God to where it won't even rise up in you. And that's where he wants us. That's called holiness. It's called righteousness. We don't have the privilege to act like the world because people are waiting on your response. They're waiting on how you're going to react. And then the third thing is this. Is to make it through adversity, we do not want to ever face it alone. If you're going through something, you need somebody, call somebody. Don't face adversity alone because it could be overwhelming to you. Build a support network for difficult times. Build, a, build a, a, a network for difficult times. People that you can call on. You know, what I have learned about people in my life is that I may call Sam about something and Andy doesn't have a clue. I may call John Sandy about something. Sam may not know. I may be working on a project here and I may call Kathy and get advice from her on, on things. <clears throat> but have a support group. People that are in place so that you're not alone. Because we all need encouragement and we all need assistance. And we need to not have negativity, and we need, and don't get around people that are like you that will sulk around in their own sorrow with you, and then the next thing you do is you're trying to one-up on each other on what's bad in your life. It's like scars. Oh, man, I got a scar on the side of my leg right here. I do. I really do. It's, I've had it since I was a little kid. I, I cut it on a cinder block. And it's real big right there. And what you could do is you could see that scar, and the first thing you would do is take your shirt off and say, yeah, but let me show you this one here. It's like people one-up each other. And can I tell you, stop bragging about them. Have mercy. Stop bragging about what you think the devil does to you. You got to stop it. I mean, you got to stop it. Because the reason why is that we brag on our defeat instead of rejoice in our victories.
There are things that kick my tail sometimes, but I got to figure out how to beat it. There's things that I don't know, but I have to learn about it so that it doesn't defeat me. Friday, we played pickleball again before we came up here. And we played with two of the best players that we know. And it was my request. Connie, it was my request that we played them. And they killed us twice on the, on the, course, on the court. I mean, beat us to a pulp. Well, I thought I was pretty good, and then I realized that I wasn't. But I can do one of two things with this. You could literally say, okay, you're lousy, and you need to quit. Or you could get better. What are you going to do? You know, if you have trouble... In, your sin, in, in sin, and it continues to, to kick your hind in, then you've got to figure out how it's not going to. If you've got a problem with gossip, then get away from people who gossip. This one person I heard recently has trouble looking at women on the internet. And he told this person, he said, I can't help it. What a cop out. Then you have to go to the Bible and you have to scratch out, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then you have to go into the Bible and scratch out where that I walk in victory and not defeat. Adversity is not a guarantee of defeat. It's an opportunity. It's not a guarantee of defeat. It's an opportunity for you to get better, for you to do better. And maybe you're not getting a thing out of this sermon, but I sure am. Growth and transformation. You know, when you look at Romans chapter 8, 31, it says this. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Or us being in West Virginia, who's against us? You're the further against it. God is for you. He is not against you. But can I tell you, Stop adding to it and start subtracting from it. Embrace perseverance because it will build you up to a warrior for the kingdom of God, not a victim, but a victor. But I can preach to I'm blue in the face, but until you realize 
who you are. Knowing who you are. You got to learn to get that. And I'm talking about when you have to drive deep down in your soul. Because I got to tell you, nothing that I do is easy. And if it is, I think somebody's messing with me. I'm serious. It's, I mean, nothing that I do is easy. And I don't expect it to be. Because I expect adversity because everything that we do has to be kingdom-minded, knowing that it is going to defeat the enemy, push back the spirit of darkness, and advance the kingdom of God. And that's what he's called us to do. And when you do that, you can expect the enemy to try to mess with you. But you win. I remember when we were getting ready to launch the radio station. That, mind you, was helping people around the world and people are watching it or listening to it all over the world. And I'm so grateful for that. But Lindsay was the mastermind behind it. And I said, Lindsay, we got to figure out how to do this. And Lindsay tells me, after we worked on it for days and days and days, she said, I can't figure it out. I said, well, let's just put it on the table. Put it up on the shelf. And then one day she calls me. We weren't even talking about it. She says, I figured it out. Just because some things that you're working on now may not be happening, that doesn't mean they're not going to. That doesn't mean that, that you know, that your ship hasn't came in yet and, and, you, and your load of money hasn't come in yet, but that doesn't mean it's not going to. What are you made of? What are you made of? Are you ready to overcome life challenges on those days that you wake up and think, man, I think this is going to be an easy day? I watched a documentary this past week from 9-11, and it was what the, the day that President Bush had. And he woke up in Sarasota, Florida, and he went on a run with a guy. He had his, he had his CIA briefing. He was getting ready to go to a school. And his chief of staff said, Mr. President, it looks like it's going to be an easy day. President Bush said nothing showed up in the intelligent briefing of 9-11. Nothing. He said there wasn't any. He said we knew, we knew Al-Qaeda was, was working on stuff, but we didn't expect that. Some things in your life, in your day, you're not going to expect. But figure out how to react Figure out what Jesus would do. Figure out how God expects you to handle 
those situations. Because what it all deals with, it deals with spiritual growth. Getting you to a place, and then when you get there, sometimes the Lord will allow you to rest. And then other times, he's right back at it. But you're not alone. You're going to make it. Wherever you are in your Christian walk, in your mental stability, wherever you are, you are going to make it. <coughs> you are a winner. You will prevail. And God's going to use you in a mighty way. He's not going to use people that never go through stuff. He's not going to use people that don't have a limp. James Ashworth, our mentor, <coughs> he's in heaven now. He said, never trust a man without a limp. I'm not talking about a physical limp. I'm talking about a spiritual limp. You're going to have to go through stuff. But don't, come resent, don't become resentful. But come into agreement with what God is wanting to do in you. And I'm telling you, you'll look at the end of the year and you say, wow, we had some battles but yet God helped us through them I had some struggles but God helped us through them because he's faithful and he loves us stand to your feet he cares about us I'm thankful for every opportunity that I get to share Jesus with people and wow what an opportunity this week that we had to share Jesus with some people pray with some people let people know that our church is here On Thursday, I told the people at the prayer group on Thursday this past week, I made a right turn off of Frametown, um, and I was, I was driving. I, I knew in my head that I was going the wrong way, but I went anyway thinking the fire department was that way when I knew I'd been to it in Wilsey. But I turned there anyway, and, and I turned, I saw a guy walking down the street. And I rolled the window down and I said, hey, I said, where's the Frametown Volunteer Fire Department? At? And he said, uh, he told me where it was. And I said, well, I got to go back that way. He says, can I have a ride? I said, yeah. So he hops in the car. He says, my truck broke down in Big Otter. And he had already walked from Big Otter to Frametown. And he lives right up the street where J.D.'s mom lives. So I drove him, drove him there and I said, I introduced myself to him, told him I was pastor of the Pulse Church. And he said, I just told my wife two days ago that we needed to start going to church. I said, oh, you did. And I said, so you think this is a coincidence that I picked you up today? He says, no. Not at all.
name's Eddie. Going to bring his family here eventually. He said he needs to get in church. He's telling me his story. Tell me about his children. We had a great conversation. People are waiting for you to pick them up. And to help change their world. God, help us to do that in this community. Help us to do that in this church. Help us to be what you've called us to be. And God, we thank you. We praise you. I thank you for what you're going to do this week within your people. How we're going to be able to share Jesus. And Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise. Because it is in the name of Jesus we ask these things. Amen. If you have a prayer request, you have a need, if you want special prayer, we encourage you to do that. You could come around the altar, get somebody to pray with you. We'll gladly do that. But let me tell you something. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. All things. All means all. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. When the cards are stacked against you, it doesn't mean nothing. Jesus is on your side. When you're trying to figure out how to pay that bill, he'll make a way. When you're sick and you have taken your last medication and you think, I don't know what else to do, God will help you. He'll lead you and direct you. If you have any needs today, if you do, great. Come and pray. We'll ask God to help you today. He's worthy. <laughs> the loving God. The sun comes up, it's a new You're going through some kind of certain adversity and you feel like that you're just barely holding on to the rope and you want prayer. Gather some people around you and have them pray with you. Don't be embarrassed about it. Feel like you're just struggling and you can't seem to get victory over it? Bring it to Jesus. And he'll help you. What do you need from God today?
Worship your holy name. We want to be a light to to the community. One way that that we're helping to be a light is uh, through the backpack program. If you're interested in supporting a child for the year, it's three hundred dollars a year. It's broken down on these sheets. Just fill that sheet out. And then get it back to me and so that we can make sure that children are fed. We also had a conversation with Cindy this past week. Uh, Christy and I did. Uh, I think uh, even uh, Kelly had a conversation with her too. That we want to reach out to the, to the staff, to the teachers. Um, and to be able to, to minister to them with gifts. And I found out something. That out of 150 children... 90 of those children do not ride a bus. And guess where the parents pick their children up? Out on this street in front of our church. So I'm hoping that the Lord's going to lead us to some ways to where we can talk to some of these parents. I want us to do this. I want us uh, a couple times a year, however way it works out or whenever, you know, that when these parents are out here, then we're giving them a, a can of soft drink and a bag of chips while they wait. Tell them who we are and tell them Jesus loves them and we just want to be a blessing. Ninety families. We don't have to go to other churches and get people. There's enough to go around. I'm talking about true church growth. 90 families. That tells you not very many people ride the bus. But there's a lot of opportunity. Just continue to pray. Continue to support. Continue to believe. We're working on some ideas uh, for Christmas. Got some things that are really exciting and uh, Really excited about what God's doing. Have a great day. And if Pastor Jay's watching, I hope the Cleveland Browns whoop up on the Steelers on Monday night. <laughs> I'm glad Shannon's not here because she had a she had a Pittsburgh Steelers shirt on last week. I almost said something while I was preaching. I looked back and I saw that Pittsburgh shirt. Say, girl, you're on the wrong campus. <laughs> so you need to go to Win. You need to go to Winfield. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Have a great week, everybody.